This is Coffee Number Five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Hello, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me again in Coffee Number Five. As we grow and as we go through our journey, we all carry some baggage that weigh us down from our shoulders. And many times it stops us to do whatever we really want to do. I was wondering if that happened to you because I know that it did happen to me and I had to get through that stage. I talked to a lot of people who suffer the imposter syndrome And today I brought Lauren Amon. I invited her to come to the show just to talk about these things, the imposter syndrome, how to get over it, and how to deal with that baggage that over the years we keep carrying on our shoulders. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for being here in Coffee Number 5. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I, I, I adore the show and, and, and being able to talk about these kinds of topics. So you're absolutely right. This idea of imposter syndrome really permeating a lot of at least women's minds, right? I don't want to say it doesn't involve in, with men, but certainly with women and the idea of kind of being a mom. And, you know, we were talking about the concept of, you know, sometimes that employers or or maybe the world in general, right? Don't necessarily see those as quote unquote valuable experiences, but just how much you learn, not only about yourself, um, particularly when becoming a mother, but also how you, how you are with other people, right? I mean, that's one of the biggest lessons is when you're interacting with your child specifically and figuring out how they work, how you work, and then how and, you work together. And sometimes even you feel an, as an imposter being a mother at the beginning. And it's like... <laughs> I, this is this me. I mean, sometimes even I say things, so I say, oh my God, that's my mother talking, not me. Yeah. So, you know, thinking when you come home with your baby and now all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to figure out what the heck you're supposed to do. And even thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, I've never been trained in this. No one's ever taught me this. Who am I to take care of this child? And then, Absolutely. As, you said, and then as you said, when your, your own parents kind of come out of your mouth, you're thinking, oh my goodness, how did this happen? Where did this come from? And just being able to lean on those experiences in order to kind of step up into an, a situation where you have to, right? You, it, it's almost that kind of fake it until you make exactly. it. Exactly. That's what I want to say. So you have to fake it. But how many times our life is like, you have to improvise, even trying to make a recipe and then you miss an ingredient. So you just do it. In- yeah. And that's another great analogy. I, you know, I'm a, what I call a recovering perfectionist, so to speak, right. In terms of thinking that I always needed to have exactly things exactly right. And they needed to be in the exact order or it wasn't going to happen. And that's another great analogy. When you go to make something and you think you've got everything and then you're thinking, Oh, one, I don't even know what that ingredient is or two, I thought I had it in my cupboard. You don't have it. So you're just throwing some things together. And then when it comes out, you think to yourself, Oh, wow. That turned out pretty well. Uh, and I did I mean, it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And yeah, you you learn from all those things. It's like I I had to learn. I mean, I self-taught myself English. So it took me so long. It took me over 20 years. I mean, my first uh, degree is in screenwriting. And it took me 20 years to click and accept that I can write or speak English. 
two years ago, I will never be doing this and talking to you. I was just so embarrassed of not knowing the perfect English or the perfect grammar. But you know what? I realized that a lot of people don't know it either. And they're Americans. So, (laughs) yes. So one, I want to congratulate you on that journey. I have always said, I am so fortunate that I don't have to learn English, right? English is my first language, but you bring up an excellent point. Those of us who speak English, don't really know how to speak it, you okay. know, quote unquote, the way it's supposed let, to. Let me tell you a little secret. I've been helping, my first language is Spanish. I've been helping my son with Spanish homework. I fail every test because you just talk it. You should, it's just not necessarily how it's supposed to be by the book. You just right. do it. And yeah. it's not that it's incorrect. It's correct too. So <laughs> Yes, exactly. So I feel an imposter talking in my first language now. Well, which makes total sense. I mean, what you just said is it's just something that comes naturally. And as as you grow into something, you start to make it your own, right? You know, even though there are there are rules to each language and in and, and the way that you're quote unquote supposed to speak it, that we as individuals interpret it in a way that only we can and which makes sense to us. And then we have the beauty and the gift and the power to then give it back to people so that it makes sense to them based on what we see in the world. And and it's kind of the same with imposter syndrome, right? You know, we constantly tell ourselves we can't or we shouldn't or we're not the person to, to, to do this or to say this, but we're the only ones on this planet who were born with the power to do so. How do you make someone realize that they're having an imposter syndrome and how do you get out of it? That's a great question. I think, I think innately that we know when we, when we don't feel comfortable, that's when our kind of imposter syndrome settles in. Outwardly, I think it's, you know, if I'm looking at it as a coach, sometimes it's really hard to pinpoint if someone's dealing with imposter syndrome, unless they come out and say it, oh, I don't really feel comfortable or, oh gosh, I don't know what to do in this moment. There actually, there may be some body language, right? If someone's fidgeting with something or they're speaking quickly or, you know, some outward clues, you know, I think, I think the first and foremost way to get past it, the first step is to acknowledge that it's there, you know, to not brush past feeling like you don't belong and really just coming out and saying, I'm really uncomfortable in this moment. And I don't necessarily think that I have what it takes quite yet to be there. And then to acknowledge your power to learn, to grow, and to master something because it's what you've done your entire life, right? I mean, you don't go to school knowing everything you learn, but by the end of the year or the end of the school year, you've become pretty good at this. I I don't know if you feel uh, the same way, but I feel, I mean, I have teenager kids and... And it's hard because society is pushing so much on them, on us. It didn't happen to my generation. But now if you don't have a master's degree or a doctorate, it's like you're nothing. You're you're not worth it. And it's so not true. I mean, going to college is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people got in horrible debt just to be in college because it was the right thing to do. Or the same, I always tell this story that I I need a job after many, many years of being in 
in the industry and I always I got my job jobs uh, word of mouth and then I had to put a resume together because I want to go and get a full-time job. And I met with this headhunter who was supposed to help me. And she just told me, well, you've been all over the place. You don't have that career that in one company growing from one place to another. So you're not going to get a job. So you better stay home with your kids because you're going to end up getting the same as your babysitter. That moment, I felt so horrible, but so horrible. And that was her putting on me that my skills weren't worth it. But it was my fault, too, because I accepted it. Yeah, you bring up so many good points in that story. Um, one, I've, I've had said this as well. You know, I almost feel a little sorry for, you know, the generation of your kids and my kids because the amount of expectation that's put on them to now in an education standpoint, right? Nothing less than a master's or a doctorate or, you know, whatever the case may be and, you know, what's placed on them in that realm. And then, you know, you also bring up some great points. So I used to work in HR, right? And and so there was this expectation that, hey, everyone has to have this this cookie cutter career, there's gaps are seen as a bad thing or non-traditional experiences are are looked down upon. And when I was in that realm is always working with hiring managers to say, hey, ask the questions, you know, learn from the candidate, what they learn from those experiences versus making assumptions that they didn't learn anything in those moments. Absolutely. I mean, back to our comment, like as a stay-at-home mother, you learn so much, not only about yourself, but how to also interact with others, weeding your house when you have all these humans to take care of. Oh, even play date that you need to deal with these mothers that you have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I firmly believe that we learn, there's something to be learned from every life experience as quote unquote mundane as it may seem. But we certainly learn so much about ourselves in anything that happens to us. And so opening up this conversation with people to help reduce imposter syndrome, right? In terms of making assumptions that you didn't learn anything, oh, therefore you don't fit in this realm. No, let's talk about what you learned and how you mastered being uncomfortable in that moment and getting past your imposter syndrome at the very beginning. I always, I mean, anyone who works with me can tell you that right now with my team, we're over 40 people. And I've been either, I did at some point in my life, one of their, each one of the roles or work very closely to them. So mm-hmm. I can step in for any one of them, or I can work talking in the same language with them, which I will never be able to do it or be in the position that I am right now if I didn't have that experience. So I back then in the eyes of this, um, this woman, I was nothing. But then I was able to open my own agency. Mm-hmm. I have a team of 40 people. So it's so hard to break that from that concept that someone is telling you that you're not worth it. To break and say, no, look at everything I can do. Yeah, it just goes to show or to show you the power that we hold within us. You know, we're the ones who hold that imposter syndrome, you know, in the in the back of our minds, though it doesn't 
escape the fact that others can kind of project that onto us, right? Just like the headhunter did to you and saying, hey, your experiences aren't worth anything in this moment, right? She was almost feeding that message that maybe was already in the back of your mind. But then you had the power and the ability to work past that and say, hey, I've done a lot of great things in my life. It took me a long time, I have to admit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that is not something, and, and you know, as a coach, I always say, you know, these are quote unquote, easy things to talk, simple things to talk about. They're not easy to accomplish. And they take quite a bit of time to get there. And it's in a quite a bit of practice because we're all human. And that idea of I can't, or I'm unworthy, or I'm uncomfortable, will always enter our minds in some realm, because we're always going to be up against something new. But taking practice and and being very intentional to say, hey, I've gotten through things that I wasn't comfortable with before. I can certainly try to do it again. Then you start getting into the groove of at least believing that you're capable of something, even when you're really uncomfortable doing it. Well, but I want to clarify something that in this process of changing, many other things can change around your life because opening your eyes of who you really are or what you're capable of for make other things around your life, friendships, other relationships that they stop working for you and many more that they're going to start working for you. So you need to be open to those changes. Yeah, that's an excellent point because as you start to gain more awareness about yourself, you start to gain more awareness about how the things around you are working or potentially aren't working for you. And you bring up a great point. I mean, there may be activities or behaviors or even relationships that you have in your life right now that you kind of take a step back and say, oh, they're not really working for me in this moment. And they're not healthy because when you open your eyes, you start seeing all those. How is this relationship fair for me? Is it I'm the one always giving because someone who feels like an imposter is the one who always try to to give more because they feel that they are not worth it. Yeah. It's almost that idea of overcompensating. Yeah. So trying to, trying to so hard be something that you don't feel comfortable in right now. And you're right that, that constant giving and, and just trying to overcome it in any way you can. And thus to your point, creating unhealthy behaviors of always giving and, and almost losing a sense of yourself in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. So someone who's working with you in, as a coach in this process, it, it's hard. It's really hard. And I mean, I'm sure it's, it takes a lot of courage to ask for help, but it's so needed because you're discovering your new self, mm-hmm. uh, not only professionally, but also as an individual. You're, become, you're discovering that you're an individual. So how do you support someone as a coach? Yeah, this is a great question. So for me personally, it's all about creating a space and a discussion that's completely devoid of judgment in terms of just allowing the client to talk about what's coming up for them, where they feel uncomfortable, where they feel like they're not worthy of either going after the job that they want or creating the business that they want, or even just having the lifestyle that they want and just giving them the opportunity to talk through everything that comes up for them in a space where they know they're not being judged and nor will I give them the answers on how to make it work for them. 
because I believe that we all have the answers inside of us. It's just a matter of having conversations in order to find that because a lot of the imposter syndrome, what it does is it blocks our ability to see what we're truly capable of. And so just opening the door for them to walk through experiences where they've overcome or, you know, where they've been able to dive into a power they didn't think they had before and just giving them space to talk through that and knowing that they'll never be judged and that they are truly worthy of everything they want in this life. That sounds like so good. <laughs> it sounds incredible <laughs> to, to reach that point for, for someone who feels like is in that place that they don't know who they are and maybe that they're borrowing their personality from someone. But at the same time, what I want to say is that the way we grow, we borrow things maybe for la because we're lazy, but maybe because we were raised understanding that those values are the, the right ones to have. And at some point we need to grow up and, and decide if there are our values or our values that we borrow from someone. Yeah, that you bring up such a great point because that was part of the one of the biggest parts of my journey is that I realized I was holding on to values that either my parents instilled in me or teachers or coaches that were very valuable for at a point in time. But as I grew older and I learned more about myself, didn't fit me anymore. And so I had to do a lot of digging. And that's what I work with clients on to figure out what life rules have you created for yourself that work for you and which of them no longer serve you. And it's the ones that no longer serve us that can actually be a root of imposter syndrome as well, because you're holding on to a value that you may not truly believe in. And so you're trying to work towards a persona that you think you should have versus the one you truly want to have. Yeah. And well, so you get this that, that was my journey too. And at some point to realize I, I mean, I had to like, again, to say, and just stop being lazy and analyze each one of these values. Is it really me or did I borrow it from someone? What do I believe about this? I'm a, I'm a big believer in believe and in core values in everything we do. Mm -hmm. So I, it took me a long time to analyze and find out what my core values were. Yeah. And, and for me, I, and I'm, I'm right there with you because it, you almost physically have to make a list of the, of your core beliefs or your core values to really figure out which among these are ones that I want to hang on to and which of these have really been getting in my way. And, you know, I think, I don't know that it's laziness, but maybe just a level of unconsciousness or, 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 not or, being or, being, or comf yeah, comfort. You're comfortable in that situation, in that persona. Yes. Comfortable. That, that is a great word. And that we all kind of get in this cadence of, well, it's been working for X amount of years. I mean, why not continue down the path? But again, it's not until kind of maybe that imposter syndrome pops up in your mind where you can start to analyze, Ooh, is this, am I just not feeling uncomfortable? Cause this isn't something I truly believe or it's a belief that hasn't been serving me up to this point. And then you can start dissecting, oh my goodness, how can I make this work more effectively for me and then become more comfortable in who I am and how, in, in whatever I want to do in this world. 
this is, I mean, super deep and I'm happy to hear that we share this uh, journey. It's an amazing journey, but you need to be ready to put the work. Yes. Yes, very much. And that's what I always tell clients is that if you're in the, in this moment, maybe unwilling or unable to get to the deepest part of yourselves, then maybe this isn't the best time for us to work together. And, I, and I'm very upfront about that because for me as a coach, if you're ready and willing to dive deep and really to get into some of the things that have really been holding your back, then we're both all in. And, and there's no judgment if you're not ready. We all walk this path. Uh, absolutely. I mean, admitting that you're not ready is a first step many times. Exactly. And, and, and even having, there's so much power in having the awareness of knowing you're not ready yet. Absolutely. If you're not ready to go down that path and you truly won't gain the benefits that come from unpacking every single thing that's been holding you back in your life. Lauren, it's amazing to hear you and your journey and that now you can help so many people going through the same thing. So I want to thank you for being here and sharing all this wisdom and empowering everyone to make that jump and find their true selves. Yes. I appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, again, hearing your story, I think there's a lot of similarities at least, you know, as we as humans, what I say is our condition is timeless and universal. Um, so I appreciate Beautiful. the opportunity to connect with you and to talk about this stuff because it's truly important. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.